you know, the whole Galanachi brand is about like the notion of greatness. So it's exploring this kind of like self-discovery. It, it's my way of like discovering my own uh, kind of like journey towards greatness. And it's a reflection of like the, the things that I like. It's basically pulling everything from like art, design, boxing and fashion un into like one umbrella and just manifesting it through that, through the brand Galanachi. I can never stop if you put me in the square I square up like a box good people bad intentions the tail of the tape see the passion in my eyes the real ones can relate I said I'm a champion I can never stop if you put me in the square I square up like a box good people bad intentions the tail of the tape see the passion in my eyes the real ones can relate Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 40 of the Good People, Bad Intentions podcast. My name is Matthew Pine, and our guest this week is Galanachi. Now, we had Galanachi on about a year ago in March, and the focus then was talking about his NFT collection, G the Fighter, and he's still working on that collection, but now he has kind of also been working a lot in the fashion industry. In fact, every single day he's been uploading a new fashion design, and he's going to be doing it for a whole year, so he's been putting a lot of work into that. Of course, he's also launched some clothing for the Galanachi brand and had done a successful drop for that. And he also done some work for a brand called Yaboa in the UK and uh, they had a drop as well. So he's been doing a lot of great things. Uh, of course, he's also uh, done some work with uh, Sean Porter and the Porter Way podcast. He had designed the, the new logo for that. So he's been making waves and I'm really excited to talk to him again and see how he's been what he's been up to uh, because we kind of both as creators uh, have a discussion quite a bit and talk with each other so it's great to have him on and get that inspiration and get that creative juices going so without further ado here's Galanachi. hey welcome back Galanachi. how have you been what's good what's good matthew man i'm, I'm good man I'm, I'm really happy to be back here and you know just chop everything up you know hey, since the last time it's been like uh, like a year, I think, and I know that there's been yeah, a lot yeah, of things, yeah. a lot of things going on with you. Um, I kind of I kind of have some things written down as far as stuff that I want to touch base with. I know you have a lot of stuff awesome. on the go right now, but uh, since we last talked, I saw like a month later you went to the the famous wild card gym, and you got to meet Emmanuel Pacquiao right, Jr. Yeah, what was yeah, that yeah, like? I did, I did. Oh, that was, that was, that was awesome. Um, yeah, I was there out in LA. It was like my cousin's wedding. Right. So, um, I insisted on like, uh, visiting the wildcard gym cause, um, they live in Carson. So it's like, it wasn't too far from where the wildcard gym is. And I went there with my family and I was like, wow, this is where, cause obviously I grew up watching Manny Pacquiao and everything. So just being in that space where he, he was just training, like all those legendary fights with like. De La Hoya and all of that, Freddie Roach. I was like, wow, this is amazing, man. They have all the posters on the walls of fighters and everything. It just felt like, okay, this is where like legends are born and made. And yeah, and uh, on that day, uh, uh, my uh, Emmanuel Jr. was just there uh, training. So I was like, I got to meet him. That was really cool. And Freddie Roach was there too. So I got him to sign my iPad as well. So that, that was a really, really cool uh, experience. 
What was the what was the atmosphere like being there? Like uh, you said that this is the place where legends are born. What was it What was it like when you were there? It's just like because obviously I've seen like all the HBO stuff, you know, back back in the day. Like you'd see them filming in the in that wildcard gym, so it just has that kind of like nostalgia. Like yeah, I've, I've I've seen this before, but then now I'm actually here. And I don't know. It's just it's kind of like uh, you're like. When you step into it, like wow, like this is like it's a it's like a just like a regular gym, you know. But it's like champions were were here, step foot in this in this building. So it's just like it's a different feeling once you're actually there, especially when you're like a a proper boxing fan and you've been following uh, Manny Pacquiao's career and from from all the way from two thousands. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing to see it in person. And is there like uh, any semblance that? You know, because of how uh, popular Manny Pacquiao was and how big of a part of the gym he was, is there like a definitely like an uh, is there still like a Filipino like presence there? Is there is there people that have been part of his camp before that are still training there? Or do you know? Um, anything of that? I think when we we were, when we were actually there, uh, Mark Marcayo was training downstairs, but we weren't allowed to get, to go in. Okay. But no, he has like loads of paintings on the wall, Manny Pacquiao. Like literally, it's a uh, a lot of Manny Pacquiao's pictures, because obviously he's the the main guy that came out of that gym. But there's also other other guys that trained there, like uh, Gabe Rosado and all of those guys. But no, um, Carson, it's it's a Filipino heavy uh, uh, town. So yeah, there's I would say that there's a, a lot of Filipinos that drop in because uh, Filipinos love like boxing. So I'm sure whenever they're around, they'll they'll pop pop by and visit the gym. Segway in now, uh, drop in. Uh, Galanachi had its uh, first drop not too long after that. Um, and then I know that you've... Oh, um, yes. <laughs> yes. How, how did that whole thing go? Like, I, wow, I know that... yeah, that was the... That was the greatness tea. So, yeah, yeah. Like, it was like a improved version of my original greatness tea. So, obviously, the, the whole Galanachi brand is about, like, the notion of greatness. So, it's exploring this kind of, like, self-discovery basically like it, it's my way of like discovering my own uh, kind of like journey towards greatness and then basically it's a reflection of like the the things that I like it's basically pulling everything from like art design boxing and fashion un- into like one umbrella and just manifesting it through that through the brand Galanachi but yeah no um I was able to sell a couple here and there because obviously a small brand, the I'm focusing on quality. So I get like my, my blanks from like Portugal and stuff and get everything done in, in the UK, like screen printed. So yeah, no, it's 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 always good to to experience things like this, like put, putting out product that you actually have. It has meaning and has um, weight to it. And just going through the whole process from, from designing to actually putting out the product and delivering it to the customers so yeah it's it's been an experience so far and you're like the the wrapping king because i've seen like the attention to detail that you put in every single time every delivery yeah that you there, do. yeah yeah, yeah. Absolutely. how did you no, how did you per, develop per... that process because i mean you got like box art you got like you know wrapping paper everything like how did you go through that whole process to get the product as as polished as it is yeah because obviously i'm I'm like an artist at heart so 
I'm really, my attention to detail is very high. So I don't like to cut corners when I'm like, especially when I'm, when people are paying money for a, a, a product that I've created, I want them to, when they, it's not just like the design that's good. It has to be the whole kind of like experience. So from the design to them receiving the actual goods and opening it and whatnot. It's, yeah, it's just the attention to detail. I'd like, I like to, to put that in every stage of um, uh, giving a product out. So yeah, that's pr pretty much it really on the artistic side of things. Yeah, because I remember when we were when we first spoke. I know NFTs were a huge thing that we were talking about, and the whole climate has kind of changed in some respects with NFTs and everything yeah, yeah. like that. But um, I know that the when you talk about attention to detail, I remember that you were talking about the the number of strokes um, that you were putting into, into your, your drawing. So like, I, I totally I totally get where you're coming from because in many ways, like looking at at, at that process of drawing, I mean. It was like a, you know how like a fingerprint has all those different little, like yeah, it's kind yeah, of like yeah. a fingerprint kind of process to shading and and other things like that and and I could really appreciate your attention to detail. It's it's funny that you mentioned that about the fingerprint because the way I draw now in the in a G the fighter, I've implemented that kind of like um, circular swirls that oh it basically mimics uh, a fingerprint really and you get like your sig you got your signature your you know it's your fingerprints in yeah. the drawing you know the yeah, crime absolutely. the crime uh you know you committed the crime in the painting and yeah, your exactly. evidence is is all there about what what kind of work you've done so it's great um i know i know lately you've been doing um you know design the look every day for 2023 um yeah. how's that whole process been like so yeah, because with me, like the reason why I started that um, project for Galenacci, it's like okay, I'm I'm kind of like I I want to get into fashion, right? But I don't really I haven't drawn. I don't have like in my portfolio. Uh, if you look back, I don't really do. I don't design. I don't draw clothes. So I was like, okay, if I'm going into this fashion industry, I need to at least start drawing, like. Uh, at least if even if it's one one thing every day so i was like okay let me just start this project let me design one look every single day so at least it's it's a way for me to like capture ideas and put it into one drawing so that once that whole 365 days is passed then i can use that to reference okay if in the future i'm able to actually create these these looks okay i'll be like i can easily pull into the archives and be like okay I like this, this, and this, and this, instead of like kind of designing from scratch, you know, I have some, a foundation to kind of build on. So that's how I kind of like approached this whole kind of uh, designing a look every day for 365 days. And I know, I know you've done like similar things in the past and I'm really impressed by that. And yeah. I'm just curious through all this exercise of doing something that you love every single day, like, what are some things that you've noticed, you know, that this, this has this impacted your whole everyday life, like doing things like this every single day? Yeah, the, the way you have a, kind of like seen it from a, a, uh, like a first person view is that 
it slowly becomes your lifestyle because you're doing it every day. So you you put out, you set out a specific time. Okay, this is when I'm going to do my my drawings. It could be like a, an hour or or less or so, but you, you specifically, it's like a non-negotiable thing that it has to be done. So like you, you basic, I basically plan my life around that, that time, time frame where I'm sitting down doing the, the artwork or whatnot. Yeah. It just becomes a lifestyle. It like, um, how boxers, I always, I always uh, have it in parallel with how boxers, um, when they do, when they're trained for boxing, it's there, it's a lifestyle. It's not like a, a thing you pick up in the weekend and then carry on in the next weekend. You have to actually live it. So I applied that same philosophy, the way I approach my craft in art. So that's how I kind of like to visualize it. It, it becomes a lifestyle because that's how, if it's a lifestyle, then it just comes naturally to you. There's no friction. It's like, okay, I need to come up and show up, get the job done. And then on to the next. Yeah, I mean it's it's like you're doing your uh, your your design road work, so to speak. I mean, because yeah, yeah, there we go, exactly. Yeah, because like exactly uh, I know, like people say all the time that you know it's good to be passionate about something, but passion can come and go, and you don't always feel mm, no, definitely, passionate. Definitely, but but putting that daily practice in, you certainly put a lot of time into the craft and. And yeah, I definitely think it shows. I mean, I think you're into the hundreds now, right? You're 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 yeah, well yeah, on your yeah. way. Absolutely. So that's that's really great. It's like that you've one third of the that. way. One third, okay. So, yeah. And 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 has there been like any like obstacles to, to to keeping this? Like, has there been these these times where it's like, oh, you know what, this this really doesn't fit today, or? Yeah. No. There's times where. I'm not obviously in here because obviously here yeah, I have a setup, like I have a kind of a camera holder, like to, to view from bird's eye and everything. So when I'm not in here, I have to kind of like, okay, I have to still do it. So there was one, one day where I was at the train. I, I do, I did the whole thing in the train. So I got my girlfriend to just video me like drawing. So it was like, okay, it's a different location, but I still need to get it done. Cause the, the day was like ending soon, but yeah, it's usually those when, when the location changed, but you have to adapt. You, you just have to kind of adapt to the situation, still execute what you need to do. But yeah, it's usually just a change of locations, but then obviously it's become a habit. It's kind of like engraved in me. Like, okay, I just have to pull out the iPad or pen or a paper. So yeah, uh, there's even that one point where maybe I spent a whole month just drawing on paper. It, it was, it was, a, it's a lot harder to do it on paper because on, on the iPad, there's like features where it would mirror what you draw so that basically it's quicker to execute the drawing. Obviously in paper, it's just freehand and everything. So there's that one month period where I was like, okay, let me just train my hands again, like on just natural paper to get these. And that was ch very challenging because it's, I can't like undo certain things like because obviously with an ipad you could just control and then like it'll reverse the like the mistakes you made we i'd say that that's one of those challenges but you know it's it's a fun exercise to kind of just get into the whole groove of just drawing on on a piece of paper compared to like just a, an ipad 
Which didn't you have like a whole um, uh, series of stuff on like I think a diary? So you have some yeah, that was some experience. That was back with... a year back, a couple years back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because with 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 that, it's um, I use like a pen, a pencil to kind of have an outline already, and then I would draw. But with this uh, three hundred sixty-five days, it's straight up like pen, so I can't erase anything really. But that's why I, I started doing it on the iPad so that it's just more fluid and everything's kind of like more more smooth and seamless. That's that's amazing that you've you've been able to to keep up doing it this long and I'm really looking yeah, forward to it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, like I I love that you're doing like the month the month reveals you're doing the one third the way and you just kind of document the process because if I'm not mistaken when we last spoke um, was it not like the whole um, G the fighter, etc., was kind of inspired by, by what you were doing with the, the diary drawings before. Yeah. 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 Basically the whole G the fighter, it, it was the, the outcome from what the, the whole kind of like filling that diary with portraiture. Cause obviously that's when I kind of started, um, I swear the, the, the drawing style was developed on that, that diary. And then it just bled through when I got the iPad and I started drawing more kind of detailed portraitures, which was the G, the fighter drawings of, um, you could see behind me, literally all of that. That's where those, those, those there were the beginning drawings, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny how these things kind of interconnect, even though it, I didn't plan them to, but it's just, they just evolved and developed into these things, even though you might not see the direct, correlation if you were to put the two together in front of you and i wanted to move now to the next the next thing that i uh noticed which was when you were designing uh the logo for the porterway podcast and i was just curious oh, like, yes, yes. how the how that whole that process awesome. had had come to fruition so they actually they came to me like um it was ant so that guy is very cool, very chill. Uh, he he sent me a DM. I believe um, it was like one of their friends. Like they sent the my artwork to them, and then he he found it cool and then reached out to me. Like oh, I'm friends with uh, Sean Porter. We would like to to get an artwork. So I was like oh sweet. Um, I'd love to send uh, the Sean Porter drawing. So I got that done, and then I. I heard about the, the Sean Porter's podcast and I started to kind of like just look into it, like started listening. And then I noticed that, okay, there's like something in here. Like I can see this being like a very big thing in the future. And the logo wasn't the way I, I saw the first kind of like logo that they had. It didn't kind of match up with how I envisioned it could be in the future. So I actually, took out like my own time to just this quickly uh, design something and then I put it in a PDF and I sent it to them and then they were like oh uh, there's a potential here we we like to work with you and actually develop this further so that's how that's how it it all kind of like turned up so it's because of the artworks I did that caught their attention and then from there I saw a opportunity to help out in a, a different field of design to, to actually just be able to redesign their 
port away podcast logo. So that was that was a very cool experience. Are you, are you getting are you getting a sense now with with all of the the drawings you've done of boxers and everything that you've done with the boxing so far? Are you getting the sense that a lot of fighters are resonating with everything that Galanachi stands for? I believe so, because if you look really look into it, it's like you can see that I, there's that passion in it, that that there's that level of detail that separates it from from just people that only pick it up art as a hobby, you know, and do a couple of uh, drawings here and there. But the, for me, there's a system. You can see that it's not just a drawing. There's a whole kind of like vision behind it, behind the whole project, which even bleeds into like other things like fashion and art design and those things. So, so Sean Porter, um, you had you on the podcast um, mm. and I had seen that clip. I was like, great. I was, I was really excited for you. What was it like just going on there and like talking about, about what you're passionate about? It's, when you think about it, it's just crazy because obviously I used to watch these guys, you know, like Sean Poirier it would be like fighting Uga, Spence, all of that. And he was also um, Manny Pacquiao's sparring partner back in the day. So just being able to kind of like bridge that connection from, from someone who just started in a bedroom drawing these boxers to now having a direct connection to them and being invited into Sean Porter's podcast and being able to talk to him directly with the team as well. It's, it's amazing because it's like you can start, even if you don't have that primary connection to, to the industries that you'd like to, to be in or to operate in, you could start by doing what you love, you know? So I, I love to draw. I use that as a, as a way to bridge those two worlds and it worked. I mean, it wasn't the, my kind of intentions from the very, very beginning, but I just kind of followed my intuition and it just led to those connections naturally, which is the, the beautiful part of it. But yeah, no, they're very cool guys. I watch their episodes literally when it drops. It's like an hour episodes, but you know, I stick there and watch through it because I have that support for them. But yeah, no, no, great people, and I can't wait. What, um, how the actual podcast itself grows in in the future? Yeah, I really love I love the setup um, that they have as well, and I just think it's uh, yeah, it's it's definitely picking up traction. And I see Sean uh, doing a lot of uh, analyst work now and a lot of big fights. Absolutely. Uh, so it's really great. Um, I I think he's a very likable guy, and I just think it's it's really cool that. Um, you know that that they're they're keeping their finger on the pulse as far as what art's going on in for boxing because I do think boxing uh, is a sport, especially other sports too. But it could really benefit from art and kind of the discovery of uh, you know what why people do what they do and and that sort of thing. So that's that's great that that you had that opportunity and and I'm really hoping you know more opportunities come up with because I know that like when you were doing the G the fighter like. I I've seen quite a few uh, fighters who would you know give you a shout out and be like hey you know I really appreciate this this artwork that you did and yeah yeah and... yeah no it's it's awesome so um so I think recently sorry 
Oh, recently, uh, Virgil Ortiz, because uh, I started uh, drawing his his piece, he actually uh, reposted it on his Instagram. So that was that was really cool. Oh, great! I really like uh, Virgil Ortiz. I really love his style. Yeah. So that's that's great. I think he's he's definitely destined to have a lot of greatness going on himself. So he's he's doing absolutely great. can't wait. Um. So yeah, I know that now you're kind of a, a huge focus has been fashion. And I know that you had, uh, you know, you have a position also for, uh, if I'm pronouncing it right, Yaboa. Yeah, Yaboa. Yaboa. Uh, and that's that's uh, headed by Reese Yaboa, and you had the yes. the Metamorphosis collection come out, and, and and can you just tell me what that whole process was like as well? See, with with that, the the the. The connection between me and and Reese it all started from the the artworks that I was posting back then also so it's <laughs> it's from doing what I, I I loved and then that being the bridge and no yeah we were working on this uh, metamorphosis collection for maybe like a year prior so it was released on uh, end of February of this year it was like a collaboration with um, the the brand Swedish brand Cos. So it's like a, a 45 piece collection and the whole story behind it was, um, so the founder Reese Yaboa, it's, um, kind of his journey from, from growing up in the UK and being sent back to Ghana and then uh, living there for, uh, some years, obviously the, the, the lifestyles are very different from UK and Africa. So basically it's just like him grabbing that kind of like whole experience of like basically turning into a man whilst being in, in Ghana and like seeing the differences between the two cultures. So the, the British and the Ghanaian and kind of like fusing that into to a, a collection, a, a wearable art in, in a sense. So yeah, we released it. And then the, the very cool thing is that we were able to do a, a fashion show in uh, Tate Modern, which is uh, an art gallery in London, a very, very popular art gallery in, in London. And the, the whole venue was amazing. So uh, it was just an unforget, un, uh, unforget, unforgettable experience, honestly. And just to be a part of it and then see the process behind the scenes of how these things kind of come together, it's, a, it's a definitely a, a very good experience to have. When you when you put out a collection and when you have a show, how different does your work? How different is your work process there, working in in a setting like that versus your own, you know, room and and, and all the drawings that you were do doing before and now. Obviously, with them, they're in a cause is established uh, kind of like brand already, so the they operate like a corporate company in a sense, and Yeboa we're just like a, a three-man team essentially so we work from our bedrooms really so it's just like whatsapp you know sending messages and that that's how we work and then when we had to kind of come and merge with the this corporate uh company we kind of have to adapt on how how they work so obviously they work in like teams there's certain structure to it and whatnot which is uh, which i'm kind of like used to because obviously uh, prior to like uh, going into the fashion industry, I 
I was working at an architecture firm, so I was a architecture assistant. So I was already kind of like used to this, uh, how corporate companies kind of like work in teams and whatnot. So it wasn't like a new thing for me. So I was like, oh, it's very similar on how we used to, I used to work in an architecture firm. So yeah, no, we, we just kind of like find the, the middle ground because obviously the two brands operate differently, but we're heavy on like visuals. So we had documents, PDFs, 100 pages of just our ideas all there. So all they had to do was flick through and be like, okay, we can do that. Oh no, we can't do that. And then that's pretty much how we just kind of like bounced ideas through visual drawings. And that's where my illustrations came, came in handy also because I, they had the design. So I wasn't, I didn't really design the pieces with Reese. So it was Reese and Sash. So the Sash is like the graphic designer at the, at the brand Yaboa. And they had these designs kind of like mocked up already using Photoshop as just individual pieces. And then where I came, came in was like, I need to make this kind of come alive. So I drew it on people and like Reese and I kind of like paired the, the pieces to create the looks. And that's where I did a whole illustrations of the kind of like the, the looks that we had in mind. And then we presented that to, to cause they loved it. They loved the, the whole kind of concept of metamorphosis. It's like from growing from a child to, to a man and then incorporating all of that kind of idea into the actual color palettes and like the, the cut silhouettes of the actual pieces of the clothing. Was like, I'm just curious, could you give a little bit of, for anybody that's not a hundred percent familiar with fashion, I, I believe your your position was art director. Is... On paper, it's art director, but it's like since it's a small brand, there's like three of us. <laughs> we practically handle whatever is given to us. So like, I could be doing logistics. I could be doing like all these very technical things that aren't really much art related or even like more and more on the business side of things. True. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very hands-on and everything really, which is, is good. Cause it's, it's good to experience things that aren't just like the, the creative aspects. Cause you get to learn more about like how a business is run, how it operates, all those logistics, those things that when we kind of like buy a product, we don't see like what goes behind it, you know, before it got there on the, on the shelf. So it was a really good experience to see how these things operate within, within that world of uh, fashion. When I think of fashion, a lot of people just think about the clothing itself. But with Reese, he has a story behind what he had, what he had wanted to bring forward to cause. Yeah. Um, what was it like kind of in that process of learning about his story? Like, w was it an inspiring experience to learn what, what he had gone through and everything like that? Yeah, yeah, because um, it's, it's like those things, like, you don't really, when you meet someone, like, you wouldn't know, oh, damn, that's what they went through, you know, like, you don't see the background of someone, you just see them as they are when you see them. So it was, it was really good to actually understand who he is, his experiences are, and I loved how he basically turned those kind of, like, trials and tribulations into something creative, 
and put that into something that people can wear and enjoy. And when they put it on themselves, they can feel great. So it's like basically turning like a negative to a positive. And I think that's the, the, the great aspect that uh, Reese Yeboa has and the brand has too, because it has this raw storytelling that's unique to, to the person, the founder of the, the brand. I was trying to look a little bit more into Reese and his story. And um, are you under the un- understanding that uh, Yeboah is like, is it necessarily a rebrand of Spirit London and what he was doing previous to that? Or is it a whole new yeah, so endeavor? Basically, yeah. He had the previous brand called St. London and he operated that alone. Like it was just him for, I think he had that brand for like almost eight years or even decade but his logo that he had, it was very similar to one of the teams at the NFL because he was growing big with his brand to the point where it caught the attentions of like the NFL. Like, okay, no, you're using uh, a logo that's similar to the, one of the teams. And I think that's when um, they sent a cease and desist to, to Reese and canceled that. So basically there was a period of maybe like two years where he was like, okay, I need to get back into fashion because obviously his baby brand got slashed and stopped by this huge corporate um, company that doesn't even have to do with uh, anything to do with fashion. But yeah, I guess it's it's sort of a rebrand, but then at the same time, it's like a new beginning. So instead of um, using like the St. London name, he completely scratched that and just used his name namesake uh, name Yaboa to kind of like start again new beginning and tell his story his raw real story through that brand and I misspoke I said spirit instead of saint so I'm sorry if you're listening oh no no it's cool Uh, but um, you know I I just think it's isn't it so beautiful and poetic where you know you have a a brand that's kind of taken away from you from a corporate um, entity and then you come back with your own name and how can somebody take away your own name? You know what I mean. Exactly. So exactly. That's, I didn't. I didn't really have that that uh, that knowledge. So it makes a hundred percent sense. You know where where that direction had went because I was like mm-hmm. just. I guess. I guess for me, like there's a lot of brands where people use their last name, right? And it always seems like yeah. it's maybe just an extension of who they are. But it seems like in this, it's 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 a an extension of what he had gone through. But it's something that also can apply to many people because is the understanding that there's a lot of people that that's in his position in the UK in what sense like having been sent back or or was it just in his particular case i think it was just in this particular case really okay. because like most immigrants we we come here into the UK and we, we pretty much just stay here we don't really get sent shit back into like like back home but no, no, even me growing up, um, that that was a threat. Like, if you're misbehaving and I'm going to ship you back to the Philippines, like... But I think, I guess it's the same thing with other immigrants to to kind of, like, straighten their kids. But like, no, if, you, if you're not acting, acting straight, you're, you're going to... We're going to ship you back to the homeland, you know? But yeah, I guess, I guess it's... Because uh, at least for me, it's uh, something similar. Yeah, I, I was even thinking about that too. I mean, is there is there some things that you've been able to share with 
with with Reese and whatnot with with everything that you were working on where you know you had somewhat of a similar experience because I know that you you had said that you're originally from Manila and then you had come down yeah. um, were you able to, sh to share any yeah. similar experiences yeah pretty much like the way um, his his kind of like journey so um, with the upbringing and obviously it's not his uh, main kind of kind of like where he was born he just came here it's just like similar to me so i kind of understood how he felt in like that that situation because obviously um it's only you can only really understand those things if you've lived it like you could you could say oh i understand that oh, those feelings but then like leaving your homeland coming into a whole different new country that don't even you don't speak that language people are cultures different it's it's you only understand what if you've actually gone through that whole experience of moving to a whole new different country yeah and, and i i don't i can't relate myself but i do understand that um there is like a bit of a clash right because you have your own you know culture and ideas and and things and then when you go to another country that has their own and you're trying to discover again who you are in this new space. I can only imagine what, what that's like going through that. So it's, I appreciate you sharing that because I was just curious myself if, if there was any connections regarding that when, mm. when Reese's story was brought up. Um, I wanted to, to talk now about kind of something that I discovered just, just, um, in, in looking in for this interview. Um, uh, I know that you, we've kind of taken, um, a different path you, you've went through architecture school then you had started doing the drawings but now are going into um, you know design and fashion design and, and your own developing your own brand and working with brands um, and I had seen that you you had talked about um, you know how you were watching in 2017 uh, Virgil Abloh and Samuel Ross and I kind of looked into them and they have a very similar um, uh, background yeah yeah absolutely can you kind of talk about um you know how important they they are to you and 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 everything that you're doing right now yes yeah, so uh, i discovered these guys so virgil abloh is a is a multi-hypnate designer creative and same with uh, samuel ross so I actually came across them in 2016. So I was still in my first year of um, architecture school in university. And I came across them and they were these creatives making a noise within the streetwear culture and fashion. And obviously back then I was very into that, that scene. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. I like what they're we're doing. Like they don't have a traditional background of like going to a fashion school, but they're able to penetrate these industries by just doing what they do. And that excited kind of like captured my imagination. Cause obviously I was in architecture. I thought I was going to be an architect, but then I saw these guys, especially like Virgil Abloh, he had a background in architecture. So I saw that parallel. I was like, okay, if I don't really like architecture, I could actually go and meander into this other direction similar to Virgil Abloh like into the fashion world because obviously growing up I didn't really think fashion would be a career path that I would 
that I could viably take. So that's why I chose architecture because it sounded very um, prestige in a way and it sounded credible. So I thought, okay, why not? But then I, I did the whole architecture school thing and I was like, no, this isn't for me. Like there, there is no reason for me to stay here. Let me follow the blueprints that Samuel Ross, Virgil Abloh, they've done because they both have, um, like Samuel Ross, he, he has a background in graphic design. So he did that in university and then Virgil Abloh architecture and engineering. And they, it's like completely two different things, but then they managed to penetrate into a whole different industry. So I was like, okay, let me, let me just follow what they've, the steps that they've already laid out. And I watched loads of their interviews and YouTube videos back to back to back, back to back. And then now that I'm actually like in there, I'm like, wow, I'm actually living what I used to be watching back then when I was just kind of like looking at their come up. And I'm like, okay, we're on the right path. We're, we're living what I used to be watching. So I was like, okay, good. We're, we're in the right path for this. What got you like into to watching their videos to begin with? Is it just something that came up or you just liked... You, you, have you always had a thing for fashion, even growing up? Yeah, so back then in 2016, um, Virgil Abloh was making a huge kind of like um, noise because he did like a collaboration with Nike called The Tens, where he was able to redesign these iconic um, Nike shoes. So one of them being the, the Air Jordan Nikes, the, the number ones amongst uh, other designs and that really kind of like shook the, the the street culture and that's where I kind of like first came across his works I was like oh who's this guy and then I started to kind of read on his background for me it's always there's a story behind the person that always captures my imagination I mean their work is great but then it's like the story behind before actually reaching that point where they created this beautiful product but yeah, no, that's that's kind of how I came across it because the usually when designers are like designing things, especially an iconic silhouette like the Air Jordan ones, usually they only get to design one thing. But then with Virgil Abloh, he was able to design ten iconic silhouettes from the the Nike brand and the Air Jordan brand. That was like unheard of. That's why it made such a such a noise back then in twenty twenty sixteen. And I guess I guess to you, like, what do these um, established brands mean to you? Because I know you're you're starting off. You're more of a smaller designer uh, brand. What what do these brands mean to you? Like Nike. Actually, with Nike. Uh... I watched that that their recent movie of um, Air Jordan. It was called Air, so it was um, uh, it was showing the the story behind Nike and how they they were kind of they were falling behind in terms of like uh, the the sneaker scene, so like the shoe, uh, trainers and stuff. And there was like a pivoting moment where they took their chance on the, this guy Michael Jordan, which was he was still a rookie at that time, but there was um, 
glances of like, okay, this guy could be the next guy, the, the next great. But obviously not everyone could see that. But it was like the people at Nike, they, they saw that, okay, this guy, we need to bet on this guy and just go all in. And then they did that. They created the uh, the, the Air Jordan 1s, and which is the most iconic shoe from, from Nike. And it's like, it's to this day, it's heavily like sought after by everyone, especially when there's like limited releases and whatnot. But yeah, it's just seeing those things like, they all started like that huge corporate giant of a, of a company. They all started somewhere small. So then when, when I kind of like understood that, I was like, okay, it may take years and years and decades, whatnot, but it's, it's better to just start now and build and build and build and build brick by brick because it will be imminent. Like if you, constantly attack and build every single day you will get to that point where okay well now i have a empire now i have a, a built building that that houses all these create uh, these creativity that I could manifest or whatnot but yeah no it's just an inspiring thing to to, to see really this is uh very broad question so I, I i understand if it's hard to, to answer yeah. but i know the, earlier you talked about the sean porter podcast how you saw kind of a vision of the future and how it would look have you always had this ability to kind of envision maybe um the future of something or or seeing what you putting your own stamp on on things i think it goes back to like the boxing stuff when you you see these these people that, that are coming up, there's just something about them. Like you, you see that they they're hungry. The hunger the hunger is there. Like forget passion, forget everything else. Like hunger, it's like a a necessity. You need to eat. So you see this. So basically, a metaphor really. So you see the hunger in their eyes and the way they kind of like how to present themselves. So you see that and you're like, okay, they're, they're onto something or they they see something that maybe the, the next person that's standing next to them won't, might not be able to see. But if you're someone in that same kind of boat, it might not be boxing, but obviously you have a grand vision for something else for yourself. You kind of see it in other people like, okay, yeah, I, I, I can see, I, I, I recognize that, that look in his eyes, the hunger in his eyes. I think it's that. When, when I come across people like that, when I see like the hunger in their eyes type of thing, I'm like, okay, they might not be popping now or they might be just beginning or yeah, they might not have the followings right now, but you can see that, okay, they're going to go to places like, it's just a matter of time, really. Then that's how I see things really. Same with you, with this uh, good people, bad intentions. It's going places, man. It's going to go to places. Yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm glad to be a part of it. Thank you. No, I I see really like both of our brands and the development and everything like that. I feel like they're very compatible. They live in the same universe. If this was like if this was mm -hmm. like the Justice League or the Mar, you know, we're all on the same <laughs> planet three fifteen. Exactly. You know, we're all on the same planet here, and I feel like we're all. Yeah, I think we're 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 trying to to go for similar things as far as 
you know, message and, and, and the future of, of the sport and the future. Like, like one thing I, I really appreciate about what you're doing right now, and I, I understand how difficult it is, but I'll, I'll just give it from a podcast stand up, stand, stand, uh, point of view. I'll give it from a podcast point of view, right? Um, there's only X amount of people that are interested in specific boxing related things. And then there are a lot of people though, that know a little bit about boxing or they know, you know, what boxing like popular boxers and what they've said in the past and stuff. And, and like example, like Muhammad Ali is such a cultural figure that almost everybody knows what he said. And, I always ask myself, like, how do you, how do you just supersede just that one area that you're in to, to hit everything? And then it kind of goes back to what you're all about greatness, right? You're, when you become great at something, it kind of goes beyond just that one, one thing you're in. And, uh, that's why I really appreciate about your brand lately is, is when you're going into fashion, but you have that architecture mindset boxing mindset uh i think i think it's it's a very interesting take on 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 the industry absolutely and what i've noticed is also it's like it's it's different like when when you when i compare myself to like to like the virgil ablos samuel rosses they're, they're they're more kind of like catered towards like the the street culture like the the graffiti the the skateboarding all of those type of things but then i haven't really seen anyone who's like a heavy boxing fan like you know like really in there with the it's not just like the casual stuff like you're really deep in there in the history of boxing that likes the the sport and implementing that within within fashion because obviously in boxing fashion is a, a heavy thing too like you you have like the they, they love to dress flashy, you know, like even with the ring walks, they have all these flashy uh, fight gears and everything. So it's, it's a, they go hand in hand, fashion and boxing. And that's the be beautiful thing about it. Cause then it's universal. That's why I was like, you know what? That's why I, I knew in my deep down in myself, okay, there's something here with the Galanachi brand because it combines boxing and all these other ideas into to one umbrella which i haven't seen any other brands do i mean you would have like brands like that would touch up on boxing for a bit but it's just like a kind of like a cash grab type of thing like because it's what's popular at that moment but for me it's the base of my brand like the the whole philosophy of the the brand is built on the philosophy of a fighter in boxing and especially like the the stories of like Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, Jack Johnson, all of these other greats, the, the stories that they have all influence the way I kind of like operate my brand and G the fire and everything else that I do. Cause it's, it's the story that connects with the people really at the end of the day, it's the stories that kind of like brings up, brings us together. And that's, that's where I'm kind of like attacking really. You brought up you brought up uh, trunks and flashy trunks. Just wanted to say a uh, huge thank you when I, I said, "Hey, you should like make uh, for one of your designs." It's like you should make like uh, boxing trunks, and he's like, "Next day, 
boxy trunks with uh yeah I was like, dang look at this guy <laughs> he's just going at it. <laughs> so i was like that i i thought Absolutely. that that really made my day when when that came out i was like wow that's awesome because uh i i said this like uh, i've been working with some um architects stay tuned for some more some more stuff um but weirdly enough like and and this is maybe just a weird thing that i had as a kid but i kind of wanted to be an architect and I realized that it's not what I want to do I now. See. It's not The Sims. It's not The Sims. But now, like, being able to talk to creative people has been one of my favorite things in, in this life right now is, is talking to creative people because there's just nothing. There's just nothing. It just it's, it, it almost seems like nothing's impossible when you talk to some creative people. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's so it's so inspiring, and and you know I just love I love when creative people have a vision for what they want to do, and oftentimes it's a very positive vision for maybe some of their surroundings that they're going through right now or everything like that. And I just I just love when people have a, a positive view of the future because at least it's something to work work towards, you know. Um, mm. Absolutely. And and I just wanted to kind of put things on a little more lighthearted note. So when I f first saw you, you had very long hair. Now you got yes, shorter I hair. Did. Was there any, was there any, I got, I got a couple questions, but, but the first question was, was there a lot of comments when you cut the hair off? Um. I don't, I don't really pay, I didn't pay attention. Oh, they were mostly like shocked because obviously I had the, the long hair for like maybe at that length for a year, a solid year or two. And then next, next day, boom, buzz cut. Like there, there was no chill. There's no gradu gradual um, kind of take to it. It's just from long to very buzz cut short. But no, there, there's a reason behind it. Like, I grew my hair out because I was like, it takes patience to grow hair. So let me put myself in that kind of like cycle. Cause it took three years. It took about three years for me to fully grow that hair long. And I was like, it was a challenge, a personal challenge to, to, for myself. I was like, I need to be patient enough to grow my hair long. And there was days where I'm like, Oh, I want to cut this shit off. Cause it's, it's just not, it's not it anymore. Like, it was getting on my face. Like I always tied it tied up, baby hairs sprouting out. Like it just didn't even look good at some point. But yeah, it's just a thing for me, like an exercise is a very dr uh, dramatic exercise really to just grow your hair out, to teach yourself patience. But yeah, that's what I did. And the, what I discovered behind it is like, it's, it's almost like a cycle, like the seasons, right? You're not going to look the same every year like every year so from from my hair growing from short to long i saw it as like a, a cycle a season like a three-year cycle like a very long one so then now i chopped it all off it's the, it's beginning again the, the whole three-year cycle i actually donated it to to um like this this charity called uh, princess trust and they they use their hair to create wigs for like uh, children with cancer. So I also wanted to do a little something, some good. So it wasn't just like a, a cut it off and then that's it done. 
So then I think now it will be just a thing that I'll be doing every three years where I grow my hair out, cut it off, donate it to charity, do some good with it whilst I still have hair, you know, like, and that's pretty much it really. Hey, that's, that's great that you, uh, you did it for a good cause. And that's great that you also took a challenge to, uh, yeah, I, I get that awkward stage after like two months. I can't imagine three years, like, yeah, 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 going through the different, uh, the hairstyle stuff. And was anybody, was anybody going and, and saying, you know, are you an Eminem fan? Are you Slim Shady when you dyed it, when you dyed it? Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no. I saw it myself too. I was like, oh, I look like Eminem here, you know, Slim Shady. Yeah, no, there's, there's a couple of people like uh, slid in like the DMs. Oh, you look like Slim Shady. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I like the look too. Like I, I made it work. I was like, wow, it, it looks good on me. Was it was it on I can't, brand? Actually, I can't uh, wait to get back to it. Was it on brand with uh, like the, the whole Metamorphosis collection? Was that like... Oh, yeah, like, it was yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. It was too. Because it was the whole yellow thing. So... Yeah, no, no. Yeah, when we had that fashion show, um, the people we were working with at Cause, they, they knew me as the long hair guy. And then next thing you know, buzz cut, blonde hair. Like, you have a new look. I was like, oh, I did it for this fashion event, just for this day. But no, yeah, it just it just kind of lined up, which is great. Yeah, um, I wanted to, to, to end things on kind of like a lighthearted note. I know you've been doing, still keeping up with your boxing training, and I see that May has been involved mm. with that as well. What, uh, yes. <laughs> what has it been like, uh, you know, boxing and, and, and still keeping up with, with the sport even today? So, yeah, yeah, May, May, May is my girlfriend, and um, she also loves boxing too. She grew up on Pacquiao, so we both kind of like have those the, the interests in boxing and she actually wants into like to get into like um they call it acting and stuff like mainly like um action type, type of role so i was like you know what let me teach you some boxing because obviously back in university i was already participating uh, participating in in the boxing uh, club there and i was doing it for some couple of years so i was teaching her some things here and there and then we bought some headgears and we, you know what, let's just do it. Let's spar. And then no, it's, it's, it's good. It's fun. It's fun. We haven't actually sparred for like some time now because the, the weather's a bit shit, always raining. And um, she's a bit busy with her, with her uh, architecture degree. But yeah, no, I, I love it. It's, it's a good uh, way of like exercising and then re re relieving some stress in, in a way too. It's very controlled. So like... <laughs> I'm very controlled with my, how I pull my punches and stuff, but she, with her, she, 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 she doesn't know how to pull her, her punches yet. So it's like, sometimes there's like some bombs in there landing, <laughs> but you know, no, it's good. It's good. Was there any it's like good. interesting, like onlooker conversations or anything? Cause I know you're doing it like in public sometimes and outside in the yeah, park. Yeah, like... yeah. No, there was one, one time where, um, cause we were obviously it's in a residential place. We were practicing. It was like, it wasn't even late. It was like 5 p.m. And then someone came out like, oh, we appreciate what you're doing, but my girlfriend's sleeping. It was literally like by the, the window because obviously the punches were loud because we're doing pad work. <sighs> and you're like, you know, breathing, the whole breathing thing. So it's quite loud. And we're like, oh, so, so we're sorry, we're sorry. So I think that that was like one of the, the proper one that stood out. 
Yeah, it was, where people oh, yeah, people no, were like great. saying street thieves, you know, like you start some kind of UK <laughs> chapter where like anybody you got a problem, yeah, yeah, take it out. Oh no, yeah, no. no it's funny because like in my head, I'm like, you don't really see people sparring in your day to day life. Like, it must be very weird for them to just casually walk in and they see these two people with headgears and just throwing throwing hands. But yeah, no, no, it's great. It's great. Yeah, great exercise. I think it gets the heart rate up. I think you've like you kind of hit the nail on the, on the head there because like it's it's just weird like for how much boxing, mixed martial arts, martial arts has been like people are very private about their training and not everybody obviously, but like there's mm. like a lot of boxers even like where I am like you wouldn't know because they just they only do it yeah, inside yeah. of a very enclosed space, very specific yeah. enclosed space. And I've even like tried to shadow box like a different work environments and stuff. And then you get this random person walking down the hall, like what the heck's going on? And you're just like, well, you yeah, know, I'm yeah. just practicing beating somebody up in the air, I guess, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's very true. Cause you, you don't actually see boxers training unless you go to these gyms. Other than that, you don't. So even if you saw someone shadow boxing you'd be like, what, what the hell are they doing? Like, what is that? Because they don't know. They don't know that that's a training. That's part of the training. Yeah, well, hey, I, I just wanted to say I'm, I'm really thankful for you coming back on the show, sharing everything that you've been going on and doing. Uh, I think it's very inspirational. Um, I really always look forward to seeing your posts, um, especially regarding the daily posts because of the fact that this is no easy task, in my opinion, because of the amount of discipline and dedication. And me knowing that there are those days where it just, you know, you might have a hard schedule or things going on. So it's really inspirational that you're that you're doing all that stuff. And, and I really look forward to seeing what comes out of all this stuff as much as the diary stuff had done and made other stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what this now creates in your, your designing future. Thank you. And so it's always a pleasure to, to be in your podcast, Matthew, man. Thank you so much. Oh, we showed me love, man. Thank you. And guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. I always enjoy talking to Galinacci. Um, one thing that you can't really take away from him is his consistency. This isn't the first time that he's tried to do a one-year challenge. And I know for me, myself, uh, I struggle doing something for even a month. So the fact that he's been able to do multiple of these types of projects, you know, he's, he's talking about how... Um, with regards to the diary, which is one of the projects he had done, it kind of developed his style for G the fighter and the, the collection that he's been doing with that. So it just seems whenever he's consistently creating something that there's an off product of it for something that he can do in the future. So I'm really excited to see maybe some of these designs that he's working on to actually be created and put into a collection uh, because he's very passionate about what he does. And I think it's a very rare thing, honestly, to be as hungry as he is in, in what he's doing. And he's constantly trying to improve and he's always trying to try new things. And I also really like that he's not just constrained by the boxing community. I mean, I love you guys, the boxing community, as well as the mixed martial arts community. But really, that's only one element of life. So if we can expand beyond that, which he has done with, you know, just the the focus on greatness and and how many people in different areas of life and in different uh, interests um, try to achieve greatness I think he's, he's, he's really taking something that I think a lot of people 
throughout history have wanted to say and he's making it into a brand and i think it's great and uh yeah so i hope you guys enjoyed this podcast with him and as always guys if you're listening to this for the first time really love to hear what you guys think please feel free to leave a comment uh, like subscribe if you're wanting to keep up with the podcast and if you're listening to the podcast you can also leave a rating and you can also subscribe to it on there and that way when a new episode comes out you won't miss it so without further ado guys until i see you next time i hope you have a good time whenever you listen to the podcast and take care bye Yo, the ring general, sweet science deep like a mineral. You can see the hunger in my interviews. Peep the interlude, this is just a preview. Give you all I got, put the past in the rear view. My team ready, the theme steady. Got bad intentions like I seen petty. Still a good dude, stay humble, never messy. Never crumble under pressure, I'm shining like God bless me.